It's another Tuesday evening, and guess what? It's time for us to delve deep into some insightful conversations of technology. Welcome to City Trends. My name is Philip Ashon, and City Trends is proudly sponsored by First National Bank. How can we help you? On the show today, I love um, how casual gaming has transformed, which is hyper-casual games. There's a category called hyper-casual games. If you really want to make a game and succeed, please start looking at the hyper-casual mechanics. Um, also, the culturalization of games, <clears throat> where a lot more representation around your environment is being put within a game. Um, so any game you make now, try to culturalize it with your local stories and I'll encourage African African game developers to do more of that too. Aram Teria is my guest on the show today and boy oh boy what a conversation we are going to have. Stick and stay and enjoy the show but you can be a part of this show. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054 Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Well, the station is still 97.3 City FM, and we are having technology conversations on City Trends. As we have been doing these last couple of weeks, we have been talking to some of Ghana's technology giants. And my guest today is a giant in every true sense of the word. From the size of the man to the size of his vision to the size of what he has done and is doing, um, he is a real giant of the tech um, industry um, and the area where he typically likes to um, ensure that he is in full control of is one that um, you know he's been preaching about for years. We are now starting to understand what he was preaching about. And I am so excited to have my friend and um, the man who inspires quite a lot of us, honestly, um, with, his, with his diligence, with his patience, with his forthrightness, and of course, also with his, his brain. It's a very fertile brain, and we'll be delving a bit into that today. Aaron hey, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on City Trends. Thank you, um, Philip, for having me again, and uh, I'm really, really glad to be here. <laughs> now, I mean, I, we have spoken on the show a couple of times, you know, where we've looked at um, some of the, for example, we looked at your book and some of the lessons we could glean from your book. We've looked at some of the new developments having to do with Letty Arts and things like that. I, I want to start off from Letty Arts. I want to start off from where you are right now and what is happening with Letty Art. We know there have been a number of groundbreaking um, activities that have gone on, um, associations and, you know, some connections with some very um, huge games that are making the waves globally. Tell us what is happening with Letty Arts now and then we can begin the, the conversation from there. Yes, um, yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, for our over a decade journey in the gaming industry, um, as you put it, everything is now um, um, coming or setting in place. And um, I think 
as I always said, it's the God-given mandate on this earth to make gaming um, become an industry on the continent. So with Letty Arts, um, I think um, we've been um, the preferred strategic partner to leading companies globally, providing gaming um, solutions and um, creative solutions, mostly digital comics and interactive technology. And we've led this space for quite some time now and um, have been blazing the trail in there. So um, with current developments, um, we've been quite prominent in our um, storytelling uh, initiative, which, is, which we are known by um, creating African stories through superheroes and digital comics that has actually um, uh, morphed into developing custom heroes on consulting basis for um, clients, like global clients um, all over the place. And I think um, recently landed as the opportunity to be narrative consultants for um, a company called Riot Games, which is one of the biggest game companies globally on the introduction of a Ghanaian character called Astra in one of their very popular video games called um, Valorant. And um, Astra, if I wouldn't um, miss words, is, might be the greatest Ghanaian ambassador now in a digital world. Um, only God knows how many times she's spoken tree and chale and all over the world within a game, um, battling and combating um, um, each other, um, enemies and opponents globally. So as being narrative consultant simply means that <clears throat> to help Riot realize um, their diversity initiatives um, um, internally and within their games, um, they actually um, hire these nar narrative consultants to make sure that the elements on the ground with their characters are well represented globally. As to before where global games just make characters based on African <clears throat> um, characters in the black box without knowing anything about Africa, this time they want to tell the story very right. So we did the background balancing the the biography, the script vetting, the um, making sure that the um, script for the game character is right and all that. And honestly, the character has been received very well globally. So those listening can Google it and see how it's doing well um, globally. I think we had um, the local cast, like the one who did the voiceover also, um, we did the casting locally. So um, the company that, that handled it, um, the lady who is a voice of Astra is called Efe Nkrumah, very, very, very um, renowned um, voice actress who um, did justice to the Astra's voice. So I think it solidifies our initiatives in using games to, to actually provide job opportunities for all the arts in the whole world um, or in different aspects globally, right? I, I say that games are the only um, 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 tool or product which brings extreme science and arts together, right? Everyone is necessary within a game. So this is one of the very um, prominent um, roles that Letty Earth has played so far lately. And also we've also been able to build um, internal games for and partnered big 
brands um, across Africa also. So we've been able to run some trivia games, currently running some games with um, MTN here in Ghana, and also doing some work for um, companies around Kenya, Uganda, and Ethiopia. And um, to end it, there are more, but to end it, there's one big initiative that we are leading called um, the Pan-African Gaming Group, which is being led by um, Usuku Games in Kenya and myself and Malio Games in Nigeria and Kefo Games in Senegal. It's an initiative to bring game companies together in Africa so that we can work on bigger projects and be much attractive to investors globally. So we, uh, we are able to, or we are currently, we've been able to secure one of the very um, strong first time games being de developed concurrently by four huge studios across Africa. And this game is going to be released in December. So we've been quite busy <laughs> working on that game as well. And very soon, Kiro Games, Queenie Games from Ethiopia and some game companies from Tunisia are all going to join this Pan-African Gaming Group to push the industry forward. And I'm very sure that gaming is the only missing um, 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 profession on the continent to solve all our GDP issues. And if we should embrace it, trust me, this is going to go very far. It looks like the vision of black um, shining brightest and leading the way. Um, it looks like gaming is leading that conversation um, for, for us as a continent. But what I want to find out from you is with um, the project that you worked on um, as consultants, you know, for giving the African perspective and the African basis and, you know, the voiceovers and everything. What were some of the key lessons you picked up? Because I know that you've been, you know, you've consulted quite widely on a number of game developers, but this was very, very significant and very monumental. I just want you to share with us some of the lessons you picked up from, you know, what it meant or what it means for a, a local company or a Ghanaian company to be able to plug into this level of global influence with regards the development of a game and having sort of like a local representation or a Ghanaian representation in on an international platform like that? Yes, um, I think the first, the first um, lesson or the first thing is, wow, this happened, right? And it, it all came as your collective effort in the whole 10 year class that you've been working in this space. It is this that became, that transformed into this opportunity, right? So all along, um, I can say God was preparing you to be seen by your works. And I remember th that um, this, this call came during the COVID period, right? Like, we were, like the industry was hit hard during the COVID period, though um, it, it was supposed to be the world moving into digital forms and companies were looking at using games and digital forms to actually train people and would become your cocoa season. The COVID period itself took companies to migrate and also took time for the world to migrate. So I remember I was just praying, meditating and asking God, 
like all the time I tell God, look, I've been in the, in the same industry, keep challenging me. So all the time I'm daring new challenges and upgrading myself within my space and growing my space because it's, it's a God-given mandate that I see myself providing through um, Letty Arts. So um, I think the request came within October. October is my best month. And I was in a period of just meditating, connecting, and trying to make God know my value, purpose in this whole thing, right? And one of the assurances was this mail came and it came in as, hey, we've, um, we are bringing out a, a, this uh, a Ghanaian character and, and um, we've been searching and we've seen your works in this narrative space and transforming African heroes. Could you get back? So I just responded. When I saw it, I'm like, wow. I checked the mail twice. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. So I reached back and then um, fast forward to today, we have a character. So the first lesson is, look, keep doing what you are doing. Just keep at it. Look at your life through God's eyes, right? And he will definitely direct your path. And nothing you do goes waste. Nothing you've done goes waste. And when this opportunity came, and as you put it, it was quite unique, though we've done several big things. But for me, I think this one makes, um, gives Letty or gives our work much more weight in terms of actually consulting for um, a company working on the narrative bit, though we didn't build the game or anything, but just making sure that a Ghanaian or an African character is well represented in a light, in the light that really resonates with your country and no one would ask questions when they see the character is a big plus. So that was the first lesson. Just keep doing what you do. Seek your purpose through God's eyes and definitely he will direct your path. And the next one has also been like working with a global professional team at this level gives you insights in the tools that are being used one of the things that got me thinking a lot is, wow, Letty has not been doing it wrong after all, because the structure, the setup, the quality of resources that you work with are all towards international standards. So something like this made me realize that, hey, Letty is not bad at all, right? It's actually um, doing the right things. That's why we've been able to um, chat paths path like this right so something like that makes you understand that keeping on upgrading yourself and working with the right team being in the right circles the right friends the right minds um, pushing you on your journey is something that you should keep right and it's something that you should keep but they make you better I, I know my circles make me better they they look at, hey, hey, Letty, this is a tool that I'm using. You can apply it. Then you use it. You ask questions. Bring friends. Because your friends, your, your immediate circles know how to carry you, right? And for me, I share my ideas because I believe that everything that has been 
taught under this sun has already been done centuries ago. There have been so, so many generations before us and we are not the only ones doing the new thing. So share your ideas, get feedback and work on it more. So that's what I actually also got here as the second lesson um, um, in this Riot Games opportunity. And I think, yeah, a lot more um, came through the fun in working with this team and representing the character eventually. And also seeing how the voice actress took the character from where we left off in, in terms of the narrative and acted out the script in a great light that um, everyone is happy um, for Riot to be um, happy about the production. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's incre that's incredible. I mean, there, there are obviously very big lessons there. Talking about you know sticking with the dream, um, and then I like I like what you said in the last bit about um, being true to the process because you know sometimes you 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 are grinding, you are trying to get you know the solution for everybody to see, and sometimes you know it gets very frustrating. But one of the things that you was clear was that. These people saw the track record of your work. They saw the quality of your work that you've laid out over the period. And that is one of the reasons um, that informed their decision on picking Letty Arts um, to, to engage in this particular project. And I think that's a very, very big lesson. And um, hopefully for the entrepreneurs who are listening or the tech entrepreneurs who are listening um, to keep to. Now, Moving slightly away from that, and listeners are still tuning into City Trends on 97.3 City FM. We're having a conversation with Ariam Teria, who is the founder, or at least one of the founders for Letty Arts. Um, it's, uh, it's a very incredible journey that he's been on. He said 10 years he's been on this journey, trying to get us to understand what gaming will do for this industry. And he says it will be able to solve a lot of our financial woes in this country if only we dedicate enough time, attention, and money to it. Well, Aram, let's, let's extend the conversation a bit. I mean, we are talking about gaming here. You know, people think about gaming and the first thing that comes to mind is FIFA 2015 or FIFA 2022 and Mortal Kombat and Call of Duty and things like that. I mean, is it, is it, is it a misunderstanding or is it just what we've been served with that we are basically understanding as what the, the world of gaming is because it's clear from what you're saying that it is much bigger than what we understand it to be you talk about um language consultants i'm sure there will be um, people who are handling the um the the art bit of it i'm sure there are people who are handling the engineering bit of it i'm sure there are so many different components yeah. what what really are we missing in terms of trying to build this industry um, from the lessons that you've shared with us so far? Yes, um, I think, as I said, gaming is a whole industry. It's a big pie, right? It's bigger than the movie and the music industry combined in the West, in the US, in Finland. Like, it runs Finland's GDP, gaming, right? And it's the only profession that everyone gets something to do. Every profession gets something to do. And after the product, 
also generates revenue. So you can see that there's esports and then there's the making of the game. So esports is the FIFA, the, the Mortal Kombat, and very soon, like even this Valorant is an esports game. And, and, and I think I've been talking with the esports team that we should find a way to reach out to Riot and organize a local African Valorant since there's a Ghanaian character representing and use that as a marketing step, right? That sort of thing. And that bit as well, playing video games for money also exists, right? So if you, because it's a game of skill, like gaming is huge. So the playing bit is also has its business all together. People have teams, companies are sponsoring teams to play video games on a global scale and win huge amounts of money. Then there is a the development bit, which we fall in. Right, and the development bit is also in blocks. There is the because the challenge is that there's lack of skilled resources on the continent. There's no university teaching video game design or anything, and and that is something that I am trying to set up as well to bring a whole university of creative arts and media practice within video games and all that, which I'm really really pushing towards. I I told you I, I was teaching a game design course. I want, I'm pushing myself to teach a game design course using my own curriculum on the African continent to see how that works, right, through experience. Because people see game development to be difficult. But the truth is that it's not difficult if you relate it with your environment. So through experience, I've been able to put up a curriculum using a creationist um, point of view in terms of how God created the world made man, made animals, like teaching object-oriented program, like teaching computer science from the creationist perspective, right? And that is a way that we are trying to disseminate the gaming development process in our environment for people to relate. And honestly, Philip, anytime you interview me or, or I sit on an interview, I can show you the number of messages I get on Facebook and WhatsApp and emails of me fishing out one of me, right, <laughs> in their homes. They send emails to say, hey, I heard you, I want to make video games. Just yesterday, I, I got a note from an Accra Technical University student. I want to make video games, I've been looking and I don't know how to start, I, I want to intern. And I tell you, hey, come home, come home, right? You see, so the gaming development aspect is also a whole business. The, the, the training is a business. You can get paid for it. In making it, the anatomy of games has everything like the human body. You can make a game in puzzles using the puzzle genre where you bring a, like board games, chess and all that. In making it, you have to design the board make the characters, design the rules, um, get the IP, lawyers will do the IP, the voice, the sound, and everything, right? To make an endless runner game, you need someone to do the models, whether it's 2D, 3D, 3D artist, animation, voiceover, as you saw in the case of, of, of Astra. And it's like making a movie, right? I always so say that every music, every movie that has been produced on this continent is yet to have its game. 
it's yet to be used within a game to be, and you'll be paid by the number of times someone uses or someone plays your music within the game, right? To use it as background music, to use it as, um, if you are a musician, you can use your music as background music, theme music, and some people can even be playing your game in the car, like Need for Speed, your song within the car, Need for Speed, you buy a hammer, right? And then in playing, in using the, the um, car player, they are actually playing the songs of Tupac and R. Kelly within the game. So virtually, people are just playing your music instead of you waiting to go and do a real world show. Someone is actually using your game with um, your music within the game. So that's one way musicians can make money <clears throat> from the gaming development um, um, industry as well. Then you have architects. Architects can also design their game and their worlds, right? You don't have to wait for someone to come and buy your, your house to build before you make money. You can sell the 3D models to us game developers and we will buy those models and make games out of them and set it in the future Africa. I'm sure when you go to Kwame Nkrumah uh, or KNUST right now, there are tons of 3D model project works, projects that, that are set in 2040, 2050, 2060, that would never see the light of day before we pass away in this world. We can start using them in futuristic video games now, right? So these are all the opportunities that gaming brings to um, an economy. The last bit that I always talk about is to solve unemployment, right? People finish art in KNUST and sit home that they are unemployed. What the gaming industry does and what I'm putting out there now is as a game creator in Ghana, and I know most of my colleagues on, in the gaming space now are facing the same issue. We lack local assets that we want to use within our game. To make a game like a local game, we need the Apotoyewa, we need the we need the uh, the Woma, we need the Wodro, we need like we need local things, local artifacts that, that we can buy online for one dollar or two dollars because people sell sprite packs of existing artifacts, which is all foreign. We lack those kind of artwork. So, if you are in school now doing art, start create a table squid account or a Unity asset developer account, make these artworks and put up there, put, slap a price on it, or you can make it free for the start. Once we start using it, we start publicizing you and people can start buying those artworks for $1, $1. Imagine 1 million people or that artwork being downloaded 1 million times. You've made a million dollars. And that's how people make money globally through art assets. The same way with voice, all these sound studios who are making beats for music. Put those beats online. We, we need them within our games to create ambience and all that. So these are all the business um, aspects of game development. Before the programming, right? Programmers make the characters move, artificial intelligence, AI, AI everywhere. Game AI is also really, 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 really strong. And I just came out of my game development clinic teaching AI, how play, players move on their own and stuff like that. So 
it's it's a whole chain, a whole pie, right? So um, I can go on and on and on, but if you can feel my passion, you can realize. No, I, I completely <laughs> I completely feel the yeah, passion, and it's 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 that passion and the misunderstanding that we have had for so long that I think it's we are not finding a synergy between because yeah. it's clear that it is much bigger than we all anticipated and thought. Yep. We've been we've we've been cocooned into thinking that it's just you know what we interact with with our game pads on a weekly basis, but clearly there is so much more we can do with the gaming industry. But then yep. for some reason we have not understood it. Number one, and even when we try to understand it, we don't apply ourselves enough to it. And like you said, there are so many. I mean, why, for example, is gaming not being taught in schools? Yeah. When you think when you think when you think about the far reaches of how gaming can transform an economy. Mm -hmm. it, it baffles you why we haven't dedicated time to actually study it in an extensive way. And like you said, there are so many different parts that come together to make the industry. And I mean, it, it, is, no, it is no wonder that, you know, Letty Arts having led the way for so long is being consulted internationally and globally to to, to bring that African perspective because you have a track record to actually show for it. Now, yep. one of the things that I wanted to also touch on, touch, touch, touch up with you, having, is having to do, it's along the same line, but then we, we have a lot of enthusiastic young people who want to get into the space, but obviously there are barriers, you know, and there, there are barriers that, you know, some people might not consider them barriers, but for a lot of people, you know, there are barriers. For, walk us through what, for example, someone doing the listening right now who wants to get into the space, what they, need to, what they need to start getting themselves into, how they need to start orienting themselves to prepare themselves for, you know, a gaming future that has a lot of actor representation in it. Yes. Okay. Um, 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 before that, let me just also say that there are a few... Um, influential people who have attempted to, to support some of us over the years. I remember when I was in school, um, final year um, computer science, my supervisor then, uh, Professor, uh, Dr. Aqua, he thought, uh, Professor Aqua, he, he actually gave me the nod when I said I was making a game because I said, I'm making a game for my final year project. Every lecture is like, no, game, game. Like it was all over the place. So Professor Aqua was like, hey, uh, uh, come and show me what you have around. I went there and it's like, look, you are making this game. I'll supervise you. And my game became the first game to be made in KNUST. And now in the history books of games, it's the first game to be made in Africa because we are writing the history, right? It's new. So if you go to museums and academic books now, that game I made in KNUST is now being documented as the game. And just recently, I had to submit the source code to be recompiled and put in an old Russian site called um, oldgames.ru, um, which should be there very soon, right? And Professor Aqua now is the one I always put out there that gave me the nod for all this to be recognized, right? And this is something that I really want to encourage um, um, academia to also take charge on. Because since I started this journey, um, a few guys 
until recently, a few guys have now been coming because I've always taken interns. I've taken over 50 to 100 international interns, right, from different um, universities, McGill, Harvard, Oxford, all coming down to research. Some even come to research with me for a year to study my life in games and write a whole dissertation and get their PhDs and stuff like that. Because it's something very, very unique in a very unique field, right? It cuts through anthropology and all that. So now to the message to someone thinking of making a video game, if you want to become a video game developer, right? What do you do? That is the main question now. The thing is, games are not tied to any particular profession. Anyone can make a game. Anybody can make a game. You can study physics and be a game developer. You can study um, English and be a game developer. The thing about video games is that there are two fundamental blocks, which is the art and the science. In the arts, you have the story writing, the game design, you have the artwork, like the illustration, the animation, 3D, voice, um, I'll put legal, marketing, PR, all those things fall under the arts. And I say that, say that that forms 80% of game design, the art bit. So this, this shows that science is 80% art. In anything, in robotics, in biology and everything, art is very prominent. So that is the art. So you have to know where you want to play. Then we have the science bit where the programming falls. And we who did it call a computer science engineering or those who love code, right, fall under this, this category. It also has its sections. It has the, like the gameplay design, the tools, programmers, the network programmers, engine programmers, AI programmers, um, visual effects, um, like these extreme uh, um, specialized fields within programming also comes in in the science bit. And when they come together, you build this technical product that we call a video game. So once you want to make a game, one step is to associate. Associate with the community. We have a WhatsApp group now, which is growing. So by the end of this, this um, talk, reach out to Phil, uh, Philip and join this WhatsApp group. It's called the Ghana Game Developers Group. It's growing very fast, very vibrant, with energetic blood in there who are doing crazy stuff, right? So you join the WhatsApp group. Once you join this group, you've associated. Take an internship. You can work with any of these game companies who have come up within Ghana or across Africa. There is a Grey Paris uh, Grey Parrot Studios, um, Setrinomi, um, Kobla. He is also doing remarkably well um, in the gaming space. Um, there's Letty Arts that you can also intend with. There are other game studios. Um, uh, Kili v, uh, is it uh, Nubian VR also started making interactive games. They were in virtual reality, which is also in the same space. So just take up an internship. Whether you are in high school, primary school, take up an internship, write me an email. I'll give you a virtual internship position, which we are running now with people all over the world. Like people are interning with us all over the world on different projects. Once you do that, you've, you've started association. And what I do is I, I follow the strength heightening approach. So if you are great at sketching, I will heighten that strength within the industry so that you don't, you, your bubbles don't burst. 
right? People see games and they are like, wow, this is too difficult. No, it's a strength heightening discipline. So if you are great at sound or great at social media, we will show you how to use your skill to actually understand the process of making a video game. And this is in a theory which I've crafted through experience that the one who designed the iPhone equally knows the engineering of the iPhone. You need to understand the structure of the tech before you can design the art and the look and feel around it. So that's the same approach we use in onboarding people into our unique field called game development. And that is the approach of my curriculum that I'm also crafting under a canopy called Steam Africa. And I just partnered a friend, Mame, um, to start uh, to start a, a company or an NGO around this education bit within Ghana and Africa and globally as a whole. And we've run this curriculum in three countries so far. I've done it in Belgium, Zimbabwe, I've done it in Morocco, I've done it in Ghana, of course, and it works across age regions. And I really would love this curriculum to become something solid. So that is the approach that we are taking in. And I'm doing this consciously to onboard people. Anyone who wants to be a video game developer or a designer should be able to just start by associating with us and getting to know the whole process. And we are going to help you achieve your goal. That is magnificent. That, that is, that's magnificent. There's no other word I can use for that. Listen, is still tuned in to City Trends on 97.3 CTF. And we're having a conversation with Aram Teria, who is the founder of Letty Arts, talking about the gaming industry and his experience over the period. He's, he's given us some really incredible um, gems and some insights that a lot of us will, will, will definitely be championing and, and moving along with that. Now, Aram, moving away from that, you know, um, what, what do you like to do? What, what inspires you? What, what gets you going? Um, what really upsets you as, from, from a personal point of view and from, from a technology entrepreneur point of view? <laughs> yeah, um, for me, I'm always passionate. Um, I think if you would go way back um, to my childhood, um, if you ask my friends um, in nursery school, Aram, they'll ask you, is he making games? If you ask in primary, is he making games? If you so games have been and tech have been uh, has been part of me. And honestly, that's the only that's the only thing that makes me tick, right? In terms of if I talk about things that interest me, um, even now. I love tech, abstract things, space, robots. Um, putting things together. Even currently, I do stuff with my kids. I play YouTube, how to make an excavator, how to build a remote car and stuff like that. And then we build them together to draw. I just do these things. And also just to make people happy. I, I, I'm a happy person, right? I'm, I'm a very happy person. And I believe that that is the true gift from God, right? Um, the the best gift you can give someone is to smile and encourage the person. Your smile can encourage the next person. So I'm always smiling. When you see me, anytime I join a meeting, they are like, oh, Aram has a smile. Whether I'm joining with President Obama or, <laughs> or any, any skill, any level, right? I 
I smile. So the whole idea of life and living a God-purpose full life, right, to the glory of God is something that I cherish. I, I, I love um, reading um, about God. I ask the questions. I, I, for me, I, I'll not say um, I'm the crif, 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 but, but then I'm crif, right? I, I sing. I'm a chorister. And singing makes me human and f- fine. Anytime I sing, I've been part of uh, the EP Church choir since child JSS, JSS. And when I was growing up on campus, I used to see the university choir people process and they are like they are always leading the congregation, even at the university level. And I always wish to be part of the university choir. So the path was to join my church choir, which was the closest. Then I eventually became a university um, choir member, and I still sing up till now. And that's something that makes me so happy, right? I'm still part of my choir. I play the drum, the local drum. I I do everything as a chorister. I respect my my choir masters, and I got this from my godparents, uh, Professor Jigbefia. At the age, at the age that she is, she's a professor, first professor in biochemistry globally, but uh, like in Africa, lady professor, full professor with Professor Irama Adi, but she was still a chorister, a choir master still directs her and she still sang. That inspired me so much. And you are never too old for God, right? So I love doing that. And yeah, so these are the things that inspire me personally, right? Um, things that are off my daily coding and stuff. How 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 important are these things that are off your traditional, you know, tangents? How how instrumental are they to shaping you as a technology entrepreneur? Yes, they give me the room to breathe and think otherwise, right? If you are always tech code code, look, you are always stressed and. I think taking a break in, though this also takes time, but taking a break doing something else gives you room to think about other things and also look at life differently, right? And my dad always tells, told me before that, look, modesty, just be modest and honest and also be yourself. Don't lose yourself. And he, he also said there was a movie we watched together which the the guy said we needed a chameleon i think that was an italian job a chameleon so we all so we took that term chameleon be a chameleon a chameleon means you can roll with anybody anywhere you can roll with like change change color attitude based on the people you find around you and living like that look trust me philip I'm a happy person. I'm happy in my heart. God, you know, the world is chaotic. Sleeping, God is the order. So being, being in the order moves you swiftly across this world. And he always keeps feeding you. So these are the things I engage myself with. I read the Bible. I try to ask questions, argue, pray, ask for directions. Um, and he keeps feeding us. 
he keeps feeding us. And I think we are all to God's glory. And anyone who sees his life through the eyes of God, trust me, you would make it because he wouldn't, what I tell God, I think it's a, this was in Psalms that don't give, don't let me lack so much that I may steal. Don't let me be, give me so much that I'll forget you, right? He should always give you what would make you work to his glory. And that is what totally. it's about. Yeah. Totally, totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Now, you have in your life also been very instrumental in quite a number of other, um, other things. So, for example, there are some app challenges that you've been an integral part of for yes. so long and things like that. So you have had access to quite a number of development within the tech space in Ghana. I, I want to find out from you, and I've asked this with all the other um, tech leaders I've spoken to, uh, which, which solution you know, really excites you these days? Which tech solution is exciting you these days that you, know, you feel is something we need to, we need to look out for? Look, my whole life, I've been cashless for the past six years. So cashlessness is my life. I don't remember the last time I've held over probably 200 cities in my wallet. There is always no money in my physical wallet. Only cards and Curtis, if Curtis is listening, I should, they should be paying me now because I'm one of their highest transacted person on Express Pay since, since I started with Empower Haptel. They also know me very well. I've backed them with if my money does not deliver and all that. And I love FinTech, honestly. I, I can't imagine a world without cashlessness. So one of the trends that I'm really, really, really um, excited about is the fintech industry and what it's going to do for games as well, right? Virtual currencies, paying, buying stuff within games. Like um, um, when I spend in Clash of Clans and all that money, I laugh because it's the same thing that we are trying to do here. We are trying to get you Ghanaians to spend within video games. Um, we are experimenting with some games which which the player profiles, we are studying gameplay and all that and looking at player profiles. Some people are spending, some are not and all that, trying to use rewards and all that to get people excited about games and all that. But it's all the research. So FinTech cashlessness is something that, that I'm really, 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 really looking forward to. And also with the mixed reality, I'm someone who loves um, mixed reality. Um, I'm hoping it becomes holograph uh, holographic soon, where I can project you on my screen in a virtual space and interact with you. So these are things that I'm excited about. FinTech is something that I'm excited about. The good thing about the FinTech is how it relates to gaming and also how gaming relates to all other um, SDGs. So I say the 17, number 17 is the partnership with the agri-tech, um, like all the other ones, insure-tech, agri-tech, disability-tech, everything-tech, fintech. I'm 
excited about all the other um, sectors where we can use games to help. But FinTech is one that I'm really, really excited about and looking forward to complete cashlessness um, everywhere globally. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Aram, we, we are wrapping up um, the conversation and I, <laughs> I wanted to find out if there was something that you wanted to put out there before we, we wrap up the conversation um, this evening. Um, yes, um, de definitely. I think um, I'll just speak um, generally to anyone who has been doing something for long I would say do it passionately. I say that be richer in passion than in money because money follows the passion. Once you start doing it right, everything you do, do it with all your might, money will trickle down. Um, I'm not saying money is not necessary, but definitely be passionate, do your things right, honestly, modestly, and the money is going to chase you. Don't try, don't also try to win early. Don't, don't take credit early because credit will follow you even when you don't take it. Everyone, your works will show you exactly what, um, what you are made up of. So be richer in passion than in money, right? And do everything diligently, modestly, and definitely God will bless it. Yeah. I, I know I said that was the very last, but... I just wanted to find out within the gaming industry, what are the trends that are exciting you these days globally? Yeah, yes. So, so globally, I, I love um, how casual gaming has transformed, which is hyper casual games. There's a category called hyper casual games. If you really want to make a game and succeed, please start looking at the hyper casual mechanics. Um, also, the culturalization of games, <clears throat> where a lot more representation around your environment is being put within a game. Um, so any game you make now, try to culturalize it with your local stories. And I'll encourage African, African game developers to do more of that, to digitize more African stories. You know, all these giants are coming on the continent. There's... Microsoft here, Google here, NVIDIA. NVIDIA is also coming in. Um, like all these great gi giants, Intel, they're all looking at the gaming space and there's so much opportunity there. So try as much as possible to <clears throat> look into um, using cult uh, cultural stories and then you'll be unique to these particular companies who are coming into Africa. So hyper-casual games and the culturalization of games is something that is really interesting. Consoles are also evolving, right? And they are also opening up more and more. Now you can build for Switch, you can build for um, um, Sony and PS5, Xbox. All these guys are opening up their platforms. So when you are developing a game, think cross-platform and not to be to platform specific. Cross-platform is a way to go because it's getting easier and easier to build a cross-platform using the, um, the right game engines and real um, Unity and a lot more HTML5 optimized game engines are also there that you can use. So yeah, these are the 
um, exciting blocks that I would mention within the gaming space globally. And it's happening very fast. Jeffrey Rekusapon joins us now with the app segment of the show where we highlight some really interesting mobile applications that should pique your interest. Hello and welcome to the app segment on City Trends. Today, we are talking about the Kuafo app. This marketplace is built by the CSIR. Let's listen to Michael as he talks about Kuafo. My name is Michael Wilson. I work with the Institute for Scientific and Technological Information under the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research Ghana. Today, I'm talking about the Kuafo Marketplace app. Kuafo is spelled as K as in Kumasi, U as in Umbrella, A as in Alpha, F as in FIFA, O as in Oxygen. Following the Planting for Food and Jobs initiative, farmers have produced so much food but are struggling to reach markets. This has been a problem for most of the farmers as well as the livestock keepers. In responding to this, the Modernizing Agriculture in Ghana project funded the CSIR Insti to address this issue. The Kwafu Marketplace app has been set up as an e-commerce portal that is dedicated to farmers who are registered with farmer-based organizations, FBOs. It is also allowing agro-input suppliers who are registered and are accredited to be able to sell farm, pro- farm input to the farmers. The platform allows any other user to access and buy produce from either the farmers or the input suppliers without having to register. What I mean is that farmers and agro-input suppliers have to register to be able to sell on the portal. However, other people such as market women, consumers, processors do not have to register to produce to purchase from the farmers or from the input suppliers. The app is hosted as a web portal and can be accessed at the website www.kwafo.csirgh.com www.kwafo.csirgh.com The mobile app is also accessible on the Android platform and can be downloaded from the Google Play Store. So, you go to the Google Play Store and you look for Kwafo, K as in Kumasi, U as in Umbrella, A as in Alpha, F as in FIFA, and O as in Oxygen. Download the Kwafo Marketplace app and buy your food produce directly from a farmer. It allows you to trace the source of your food. So that was Michael talking about Kwafo. Why don't you try this app and tell us what you think? Once again, my name is Jeffrey Oroku Sapon. You can follow me on Twitter at OJ Sapon. And let's chat about whatever app you may have. Until we meet again, stay safe. It's now time for us to delve into the world of technology news. And Mr. Enchi has some details for us. Thank you, Philip. Hello, everyone. You're welcome to the biggest stories in the technology ecosystem here in Ghana and other parts of the world. Today, I bring you stories from the mobility industry, new updates coming to the Google ecosystem, and finally, we'll look at the newest company to become a unicorn in Africa. So the first story of the Ghanaian shared mobility startup, Starbat, just got acquired by Plenty Walker, a Nigerian mobility startup that just raised 1.2 million US dollars seed round to scale its operations in Africa. 
launched in 2019, Starbat has moved over 100,000 people in Accra. And before its acquisition, the company's services include daily bus stop to bus stop transportation, as well as providing staff bus solutions to multinationals in Accra. According to Starbat's now Plenty Worker Ghana, this acquisition is a firm statement about its commitment to growing and building the largest shared mobility startup in Africa, one country at a time. Plenty Worker Ghana operations commences on 16th of September in Accra. To our next story of the week, Google Maps is working on a new feature that will provide toll cost estimate for trips when using the platform. According to a communicate to members of the Google Maps preview program, Google reportedly said that showing toll cost is the next major feature being added to the Google Maps platform. Other updates in the Google ecosystem include a new feature coming to Google Play Store where app ratings will change based on your location. This means if you were to look at the app ratings for City Newsroom app in Ghana, the ratings will be different when you do the same in the US or Nigeria and this will be based on the ratings by users in each region. These changes are being implemented because Google feels the current aggregated ratings doesn't always tell the full story. This new feature will be rolled out from November this year and users of the Play Store will see specific ratings for their regions. Finally, there is a new unicorn on the African block. Before the start of this week, the number of African companies valued at over 1 billion US dollars were only four, which were flatter with Flurry, Interswitch and Jumia. But on Monday, Nigerian fintech company Ope joined the class of unicorns in the African tech ecosystem with a new series round of $400 million led by SoftBank at a valuation of $2 billion. Currently, OP offers mobile money, lending and investment services on its platform and can boast of monthly transaction volumes of over $3 billion. Kudos to the OP team. That's all for the week. You can follow me on Twitter at Yao Entry also. Over to you, Philip. Well, that's our time will allow us on the show today. A real pleasure coming your way with the show. A big thank you to the production team as well. But the show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow. So make sure you look out for that one. But then remember, till next week, stay techie.